Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Chick in a Bag podcast. I am Ty Johnson, and we are talking about the ABCs of getting out of the bag. We're starting with the letter E. E. And today we're going to be talking about effectiveness. How can we use effectiveness to get out of the bag? You know, oftentimes we can get down on ourselves because we feel as if we're being redundant or stuck in a place. But I'm convinced if we begin to take a look at our actions, at the steps that we're taking and seeing how effective these things are to our goals, to making the steps forward that we need, we can begin to make the change that we need to see. Are you busy being busy? Or are you busy being effective? You know, a lot of times we're tired because we're busy. We're busy. We're busy. But are the things we're doing effective? Are they making the change that we need? Are they causing the relationship to get better? Or are they just acts so that we can say we did something towards it Um, on that job or in that business? Are we doing the busy work or are we doing business? Those are two different things. Business brings profitability. It's supposed to be profitable, not just busy because we're going through the, the, the work of it all, but your work should produce. Many are occupied with busyness and mistakenly designating that as business. It's not. They're two different things. Sometimes we're stuck because we're busy doing the same thing and expecting a different result. This is insanity. That's There's no other way to put it. We can't continue to do the same things and expect a different result. For instance, if we're in a marriage and um, the marriage is not going as productive or as um, harmonious as we would like it to do, but we don't alter any way or in any way in our form of communication, in the way in which we dialogue, or even in the way that we interact with each other on a physical level or any other thing, but we expect it to get better. It cannot happen because our actions have not been evaluated for their effectiveness. We need to begin to look at ourselves and see how our habits, our daily habits, how we spend our time, is it effective and conducive to reaching the goals that we so desire? The scripture tells us in Luke 19 and 13, and he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. And we know that this occupy meant to do business, to be prosperous, to invest. Are you investing effectively? This is what the ruler was desiring of his servants that they would be effective in their investments, that they would not waste their time. Anything that is not effective is wasteful. It's redundant. It's just going to be for the sake of of filling up time. But God has called us to be effective in what we do. If you go on to, to read that Luke 19, 15 to 26, you'll hear how these talents were dispersed or this money was dispersed to um, the different men according to their ability. And that's the thing. God does not 
put more on us than we can bear. He knows what each of us carry. So whatever given circumstance or whatever given situation you find yourself in, God already knows what's on the inside of you. And he's not going to give you more than you can bear. He gave to one of the men a certain amount of talents because he knew that that man would be able to invest wisely and produce. He knew he would be effective in doing so. And that's what God is looking for in us. When he knows that we can be effective, he'll give us a certain amount of investment or a certain amount of things to do. Are we being effective with what God has already given us? We're talking about getting out of the bag. Are you being effective with your time? Are you being effective with your money? Are you being effective with your relationships? Are you using them to create effective change? And you'll see what happened at the end of that in verse 26. It said um, he talks about the one that only uh, he gave him one talent because he knew that was his capacity, one talent. But what did he do with it? That one hid it. He wasn't using it to be effective at all. He hid it. And then what did he do? He gave it back to him when he came. And then that was very upsetting to the ruler. And he said, out of your own mouth, you, you gave me back what I gave you. I judge you, you wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was going to come and to take up what I laid not and reaping that I did not. So wherefore then gavest thou not my money and to the, at least give it to the bank that at my coming, I might have required my own interest. And he came unto them that stood by, take from him the one pound or the one talent that he has and give it to the one that has 10, the one who was the most effective, the one who did the most with what I gave him, give it to him. And they said unto him, Lord, he had 10 pounds. Why does he need it? He's the one that got the most. He has 10 pounds. And here the, the, the ruler said, for I say unto you that unto everyone which hath shall be given and for him that hath not, even that that he hath shall be taken away from him. Are you being effective with what God has called or given you and called you to do? The thing is, in getting out of the bag, oftentimes we have tools that we're not even utilizing. We're not being effective with the tools that we do have. You might not have the money right now, but do you have time to create processes? You might you might have the finances, but you may not have um, the know-with-all. Have you invested your finances into coaching and different things? Be effective with what you have and where you are. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your time? with your finances, with your day, with your talents, with your influence. All of this was created to be effective, to affect change in our world, to be effective. And when you start noticing that your life is causing great effect, I promise you, you will begin to escape every bag. Those behaviors against greatness will begin to fall off you because you're being effective. And the reward is seeing that your life, your decisions, your talents, your gifts, your know-with-all is making a difference in your life and in the world around you. Does the answer to these questions lend to effective contributions to your purpose in life? When you say what you're doing with your life and your time and your finances and your day, your talent, your influence, are these answers lending to the effective contributions to the purpose in your life? If your answer is no, then it's time to make a shift.
It's time to make a shift because you need the answer to be yes in order to get out of the bag. We're going to talk about seven steps to being effective. Seven steps to being effective. And my prayer is that as we discuss these seven steps, it will liberate you from the bag that is keeping you from finding the highest and fullest expression of yourself and being all that God has called you to be. Because when you're being all that God has called you to be, that is how you're going to live your best life. That is how you're going to live the great life that you envision in your head and your mind, that thing you feel so unattainable. But is it because you're not being effective with the things that God has already placed in you to unlock the rest of your life. Number one, ask God for direction in each season and circumstance. I'll say that again. Ask God for direction in each season and circumstance. Now, the reason why I said in each season and circumstance is because sometimes when there's plenty in our life, when we're living in the abundance, we feel like, oh, there's no need. I, you know, I'm doing good. I don't need to ask God what to do right now. No, no, no. That is a season. And in every season, there's direction. In every circumstance, there's direction. And you need to seek the creator to know exactly what you're supposed to be doing with that abundance. Is that abundance your harvest or is it a seed? You need need to be in direct communication with God so that you will know whether it's the good times or the bad times. Why? Because a lot of times we can mismanage our advantages by taking them for granted and assuming that we have nothing to lose. You ever heard the song, oh yeah, because I have this extra money. It's not extra money. <laughs> the money is assigned to a particular thing. Even if you're saying, okay, I'm going to give myself $500 to kind of, this is my play money, if you will. And that means I'm going to use it. I'm going to utilize this money to treat myself. It's still allocated to something. If you say that, okay, I have an extra hour today. I'm free. I don't have anything to do. It's not that you don't have anything to do. In order to be effective, that hour is assigned to something. And it is your responsibility to find out exactly what you're supposed to be doing in that hour, in that moment. Is this an hour? Now, that doesn't mean you're supposed to be running all the time. Sometimes God will allocate a whole week, a month even, or even more for you to rest. I remember there was a season in my life where God had me literally in a state of rest. He just had me in a in a, a state of rest because he was healing. He was restoring. He was doing things. And in order for me to truly be effective, I had to submit to that time of what well, some people would call it being benched. I wasn't moving as much as I was used to moving. I wasn't doing as much as I was used to doing because God was doing a work in me. This time that most people look at, well, you got free time. You ain't doing nothing. No, yes, I am. I'm going through the process of being healed that I may be effective. Being effective um, doesn't just because you're busy and you're moving around doesn't mean you're being effective. Are you where God has called you to be in this moment? That is how you're being effective. So we don't take for granted anything that God has given us. We ask him for direction, whether it is in the highs or whether it's in the lows, because everything has an allocation. And in order for us to be effective with our lives, we need to seek God so he can tell us what to allocate it towards. Number two, be mindful of time and the times. I'll say that again. Be mindful of time 
and the times. Now, that's loaded. Number one, being mindful of time, meaning we have 24 hours in a day. The greatest commodity you will ever have in your life is time. And the only thing you can use to affect this world is time. Once your time has ended on this earth, you are no, you can't be, well, you can be affected beyond the grave with the works you used your time to produce, but your time is out. There's not going to be anything new that you're producing. But what you've created can go on to produce more things. But you need to use your time wisely. Your time can never, if you have 24 hours in a day, once it's spent, it's spent. That's it. So whatever you're supposed to be doing that with that time, whether that's a time of rest, whether there's a time of work, whether it's a time of fellowship, whether it's a time of research, whether it's a time of teaching, learning, whatever it is, be very mindful. Have your mind full of what you're doing in that moment, in that time, and what that time is for. Um, don't be lax about time. Don't. I, I really work hard on this to make sure that I am on time. I'm not late. I'm still. Sometimes I still struggle because sometimes I think that I have more time than I really have. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'll be thinking, "Oh, it's at four o'clock," and I'm still doing something else at three and saying, "Oh, it's only going to take me thirty minutes." But then you get in traffic. There's an accident. Something else happens and you're now late. So you have to be cognizant of time. That's something that I'm still working on. But the other aspect of time is being able to be mindful of the times. Like what time is it right now? In the spirit, what time is God operating in right now? You know, God doesn't operate in per se time, but what season is it right now in my life? What season is it right now in the body of Christ? What season is it? Because we have a tendency to try and stay in the status quo of as usual. And I tell you right now, if you've learned anything through the pandemic, that things are no longer as usual. No one who is alive today has ever seen what we've seen in these last two years. So it's imperative that we're able to discern the times. What is God doing right Right now, and what would he have me to do right now? The only way we can be mindful of that is if we're in communication with him. And the the reason why we need to be in communication and mindful is so that our work is effective, so that we're being effective in our communication, we're being effective in our task setting, we're being effective in our planning and the different things that we're doing to achieve the goals that are set before us, and even in our goal setting, that we are being effective. Number three, know your audience. I'll say that again. Know your audience. Know who you're talking to. In order to be effective, you have to meet people where they are. You don't go to um, to to speak or to encourage um, a group of children that are between the ages of three and five years old the same way you would go and speak to an audience of 45 and 50 year olds. The language, you know, the the communication level is completely different. Their their understanding is completely different. Their experiences are completely different. So the way in which you are to communicate 
to them in order to be effective would be completely different. You need to know your audience. You need to know someone who is um, college educated uh, someone versus someone who did not graduate from school and need you to talk to them in a way that will be effective. That's not meaning to put them down, but it means speaking to them in a language. I like to say a language that they can understand. You know who did this optimally? Jesus Christ. If you go through the New Testament, you'll see how he spoke to the people in parables. Why? Because it was a language that they could understand. He didn't take his understanding of um, the Jewish culture, the Hebrew language, all of that. He didn't take all of the things, the knowledge and the wisdom that he had. He did not. He spoke to them in common and layman terms that they may understand. Why? Because the first part of being effective is to be understood. If you're not understood, then how then can you be effective? And many of us are stuck in bags because we're not being effective with all of the efforts that we're putting forth. It is not creating the change that we need to see. We're talking about being effective. Number number four, elevate self-honesty. I'm sorry, not elevate, evaluate yourself honestly and regularly. Evaluate yourself honestly and regularly. In order to be effective, you have to, first of all, be truthful with yourself. Evaluate yourself. Look at your daily um, schedule, how you're utilizing your time. Um, Some people say, well, I haven't, you know, it's just not working for me. Are you putting in the time necessary to make it work? Or, you know, um, no, they never got back with me. Did you reach out to them um, adequately for them to understand the necessity and the urgency in which you needed a response? Oh, they just don't like me. Have you shown yourself friendly? Evaluate yourself honestly and regularly. Don't do it one time, two times, three times, but do it every day. Don't always look at the other person. I look at myself first in all circumstances because I can control me. I can't control anybody else, but I can control me. I can control what it is that I do and that I don't do, what I say, what I don't say, how I utilize my time. I can control those things. These are things that I can control. So I am very adamant about evaluating myself and then doing it honestly. Oh, I didn't do that right now. I slipped up on that one. I made a mistake. I need to make this this adjustment and this adjustment so that I can be effective. And we have to be able to be honest with ourselves and honest regularly so that we don't put the blame on other people for our ineffectiveness. Being effective means that you have to deal with you first and be who you're saying with your mouth. Your actions have to align to that and you have to do exactly what is necessary. Make the necessary changes after you evaluate yourself. Make the necessary changes to be the person that you need to be. That's very, very important. Number five, set definitive goals and dates. Set definitive goals and dates. Don't say, well, I I think I might want to write a book and um, I don't know exactly what the topic is going to be, but I want to do something. That is not definitive. 
you need to not only set the definitive goal of saying, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to basically do a memoir on my life between the ages of um, my young childhood up through my marriage. And then you go even further. I'm going to create the outline for that book by December the 20th of this year, XYZ. If you don't tag a date to it, <laughs> it will just linger. And I know this because it has happened to me and it will continue to happen until I put myself on a schedule going back again to time, evaluating, you know, being mindful of time because um, it could be that I said this year, I'm going to write the book. Then next year comes the next and the next and the next. And, then, and because as human, we have this tendency to think we have all the time in the world. That is not true. And if we don't put definitive dates to things, then they can just slide into the abyss of time. And then next thing you know, they've never manifested because we didn't make the correct effort to bring them forward. Again, we're talking about effort and we're talking about how to get out of the bag by putting forth the effort. So setting definitive goals. If I'm going to lose weight, then this is what I'm going to do. And this is when I'm going to do it by on this day. I'm going to start. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And then I'm going to measure that again in one week at this time. And then you be consistent. Be consistent with it, and that consistency will bring forth the effectiveness that you need. Not consistently. When I say consistent, I don't mean just keep doing the same thing over. I mean consistently working at it because what you're doing could not be working. So then you need to make the adjustments and you need to make the changes necessary to be effective. Number six, ask questions. Ask questions. If you want to be effective, you have to ask questions. You need to ask people what they need, what they desire, what they like, what they don't like. Um, what is the need in this situation or in this circumstance so that you can fill that void if, in fact, you want to be effective? Just going and giving someone something does not necessarily mean you're being effective. For instance, if you go to... Um, uh, a lot of times I tell people when they go into a community, when you start a church in a community or you start a business in a community, research, canvas that community, find out what the need is, the demographic of that particular community. What is their top three needs? And then to, in order to be infect, effective in engaging that community, create solutions for those top three needs, whether it be to have a um, GED program, whether it be uh, um, English as a second language program, whether it be uh, after school programming for children or some type of youth programming to get the kids off the street, whether it be uh, education and gun violence, whether it be uh, anything that you find out is in that community that needs attention and you want to be effective in that community, you must first ask the questions. In a relationship, ask questions. If you want to be effective, somebody, you might think, oh, I'm going to bring her a dozen of roses. What if she don't like roses? What if she thinks they stink and she does not like that? Ask questions. What can I do to make you happy? Women, what can I do when you talk to the man? What can I do to make this relationship better? Ask questions so that you can create effective change. Number seven, don't be afraid of change. 
Don't be afraid of change. As a matter of fact, in order to be effective, you must embrace change because life is constantly changing. The world around us is constantly changing. And in order for you to be effective, you have to adapt the change necessary to get your message out and to be who God has called you to be in the season. For instance, social media is a big, 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 big thing right now. And in order for you to be effective, you have to have some type of blueprint in social media. You're going to have to be able to maneuver it. You're going to have to be able to make your things more concise so that you can utilize the social media platforms to get the message out there. Most of our youth today are glued, not just the youth, adults, everyone glued to social media. So are you doing the things necessary to create a message that translates across those platforms? Don't be afraid of that change, whether it's social media, whether it's public speaking, whether it's whatever. Understand that change is necessary and whatever that change is demanding of you in order for you to be effective, that's not taking you out of your moral standing. You need to embrace it. Number eight, use metrics often. Use metrics often. Okay, I'm going over seven. And it's because there were so many things that I saw about this. Use metrics often. That means whatever you can begin to use the metrics of research to understand how effective you're being in a particular area, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your finances, whether um, there are all type of apps that create metrics for you to go back and to review exactly how effective you're being in your weight loss journey. There are all these different apps that calculate the data and they produce metrics, whether it's in your business, you can be able to see the metrics and understand what you need to do to become more effective and to improve to be the best you and to get yourself from that stagnant state. And lastly, number nine, seek accountability partners. I cannot say this enough. Seek accountability partners. You need to seek out people that believe in you, that believe in your vision, believe in what you're doing, and will hold you accountable. That you can share the plans and you can share the metrics, you can share things with them, and then they can let you know that, hey, you missed it here, or hey, great job there. But you need someone to be accountable to, someone to be accountable to. My prayer is that these steps will get you out of your bag of stagnancy. They will take you out of the bag of, of um, you know, where you're feeling like you're not making any strides forward. It will get you out of the bag of complacency when you can see that you are in fact being effective, not just busy, but effective and making the change that is necessary. Father, I thank you for my brother and my sister that is listening in today. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will cause them to be prosperous and effective in all that they place their hands to do. I thank you, Lord God, that you called them for such a time as this and you've placed greatness on the inside of them that their time on this earth will not be wasted, but it will be one of effectiveness. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. And we give you all the honor honor and glory in Jesus name. I want to thank you again for listening in to the chicken a bag podcast. I know this one went over a bit, but I want to encourage you to remain out of the bag, be effective today and be the change that someone needs. God bless you. I love you. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.